I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. Big Money Siege, we have reached a very intriguing time in the sports calendar. The NBA trade deadline, which means NHL people use it as a way to complain about how the NHL trade deadline sucks compared to the NBA trade deadline. Yeah, I'm not going to be one of those people. You know, I still enjoy the NHL trade deadline. You know, what I wonder as I see the moves come in, wake up this morning, see that Kevin Durant was traded uh, overnight while I was sleeping for four unprotected first plus players. I just wonder what NHL teams could maybe learn from their counterparts or, or what could be copied. And, and, you know, we just don't tend to see, in my opinion, we, we just don't see many future draft picks traded in the NHL. And I kind of wonder why I think obviously the, the, the sports are different. You're not dealing with a hard cap in the NBA. One individual superstar can make a bigger difference on a team. I think in the NBA, than the NHL, just the nature of how much they play the game, all those things, all, all the usual disclaimers aside, couldn't teams trying to win now, though, start thinking about dealing their 26, 27, 28 uh, first round picks because they would still have value to the acquiring team, you know, and and I wonder if that's a way to to open up a window for these teams. And, and you know, we haven't seen anyone do it, but I figure it's only a matter of time. I mean, sports by its nature is copycat. I'd like to see at least someone try to do this this sort of thing. Um, because this is a reality. I looked at Tampa, right? Tampa in the last yeah. 10 years, they've only made six first round picks that they drafted. They've actually traded four of those players, including, you know, Jonathan Drouin, Nolan foot, uh, Brett Howden, you know, in other deals, you know, they really haven't drafted in the first round since they got Vasilevsky. I think what was out 2012, I believe, um, was the last time. And, and Slater Cuckoo actually in the same draft, but you know, they, they, they've kind of went with the core of the team they've had and they've just done everything they can to, to supplement it and, and, you know, basically sacrificed the, the top end of their draft. I, I think that's pretty smart. I mean, it looks smart. It's easy to pick them because they got two banners hanging, two new ones hanging at Emily arena. Plus, you know, another appearance in the final uh, last year, but you know, I wonder if this is, this is what I, rather than using it to complain, I want to be more constructive and be like, what, what could teams learn? What, what could we see different? Because, you know, clearly the NBA front offices are, are using a different calculus than their NHL counterparts. Right. Uh, I, I have to wonder, though, how much, I mean, obviously, salary cap has to play a whole big reason in this, right? Like NBA trades, the very least you can go salary for salary, maybe a little le- some little leeway here and there. Uh, but what's also just unique about the situation is it's like, like we're all making it seem as if, like, man, just superstars can be traded like every year. Like, this is the demolition of a core that people looked at on paper and they were like yo this like Kyrie KD James Harden this should work and it didn't work and they decided no we are I mean they had already offloaded Harden but to see like Kyrie and KD split from the Nets within days like like this is this has to be unique in itself for 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 NBA teams considering the drama that has followed that team and like I I really feel like the personalities and the stories that have followed those players over the last few months plays a huge role in in why we're all so intrigued uh by this deadline and why of course the discourse has followed the way that it is like there's no NHL team out there that has 
a player who's the equivalent of Kyrie Irving as a head case and who asked to be traded and then has a teammate that's like obviously really good and then teams are like hey we want we'd rather have him instead like I think that also plays a role in this too right but let's look at the lesson here like those guys are not playing 16 games ever together so it didn't work out but it was ambitious to to bring them together to to begin with and it didn't work flat out didn't work I'm not even defending the plan but they've now been able to turn them into all this other stuff I mean like the Nets can still be an intriguing team moving forward I mean they're they're in pretty aggressive rebuild, but they've got all kinds of picks and and players now that they can you know look to build their next core around. And look, I get it; it happens so much quicker in basketball. You you need you know five to eight players. You, you know you don't need a twenty five man roster. You know in terms of what what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. But you know I think that something could be copied there. It just seems like you know I get that the cap has hamstrung things in the NHL, the hard cap. And then the fact that we've had the pandemic years where, where it hasn't increased enough to sort of allow the system to grow. But I just don't see enough ambition. Like, I think, you know, what is this deadline, right? We're talking about all the rental players. That's essentially what it is, more or less. Yeah. To me, the difference, like, if you're starting to give up future first and, and multiple first and all that, like, we could talk about 24-year-old players with team control still being moved. And the beauty is, okay, you take that swing. And, and then you get that player and maybe it doesn't work. Well, you can still flip that player for future assets. It's kind of what I, you, the nets have done here. Um, you, you build it up and if it doesn't work, you can blow it apart. Uh, I don't know if it'll ever come to hockey. I, I just would love to see a little bit more creativity. I actually think the lightning are a team that, that have done it. I mean, they, they traded first for McDonough, a first for Goodrow, a first for Coleman, two first for Brandon Hagel. They turned a number three overall pick in Jonathan Duran into Sergachev when he was still a young player. Like, like the book was not written on Duran's career at the time they made that move. I mean, they they have been aggressive and I, and it's paid off for them. Um, and there's just a few other teams out there. Like, like look at the Edmonton Oilers, the Maple Leafs, um, you know, teams that really they have obviously superstar players. They, they've had a lot of great years. You just wonder. Is there is there a world where they could get a little bit more aggressive um, with with these deadlines and and make a kind of move? Because that's that's what I think of when I see the Kevin Durant trade. I'm not even worried about how it shifts the power in basketball. I'm just like, like look at the look at the moxie to to trade all those pieces for one one player essentially. And man, I'm looking at look. I don't want this to turn too much into an NBA show, but like man, Kevin Durant going over to Phoenix is going to be crazy. Uh, probably a good time to point out that uh, we do have an NBA trade deadline show uh, on the SDPN network. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, it might be in the middle of it. It might be just ending, uh, but I'm sure you can always catch the replay uh, when it comes. Uh, while we're on the subject of trades, right? I, I I get that the salary cap may go up in the next few years, but and I also can understand that players would probably not be in favor of this, but wouldn't NHL teams hamstrung by the cap uh, – benefit from having at least like one sort of amnesty clause or like you know what we realize all these teams are too close to the cap and maybe two teams are dealing with LTIR give every team at least one amnesty clause where they could say you know what we're going to take this contract just buy it out at no penalty and that's at least going to give us some space doesn't that help kind of facilitate some things too yeah, but you would need the owners and the league to think that that's a problem, right? That's that's another that's that is even that's that's Yes, but that yes. but that's what it takes because essentially an amnesty clause is money that's outside of the system. Right now, the owners have the ultimate guarantee: fifty percent of the revenues go to their pockets, and no more than fifty percent go to the employees, being the players. Um, you know, so anything outside that system is just money out of the owner's pocket. 
you know, it's, it's sort of like Julian, you might think you need a raise if your boss doesn't see it that way. I mean, what recourse do you have? You, you, I mean, you could try to do something else, but so yes, we've, we've seen amnesty buyouts, you know, when they, when they've done CBAs in the past, it does relieve some sort of pressure in the system. Uh, who was I looking at? I was looking at Buffalo's cap picture after the Dylan Cousins signing. They still have Christian Erhoff getting paid, uh, you know, from his amnesty buyout. It, does, it doesn't count against their cap, but it just shows you like, you know, there are some big contracts that have been, been bought out. You know, Brzezgalov is a, kind of a famous one in Philly. I'm, I think he's getting paid until like 2030 or something close to that by the Flyers. Again, not on their cap because of the amnesty clause. That would help. A, a soft cap system where there's maybe a luxury tax would help. But and we get this question a lot in the ask CJs. I just, I don't see why the owners would do that. I mean, they, they have, they have ultimate control they, they've got no reason to want to change it unless they, they just find the trade deadline shows themselves so boring and want to spend millions and millions of dollars to make it a little more interesting. I don't think the GMs have an issue with it either. I, I, I feel as if like they, they look at the way it's kind of structured and yeah, they don't see it the same way that fans well, do, where it's like, oh, there's no activity. Or man, the big deal that day is going to be some player getting traded for a conditional pick. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if the front offices see it the same way that uh, fans do either. I, I, I'm inclined to believe that. I well, I think some front offices are frustrated, right? Like, you've heard frustration in Jim Rutherford's voice talking about the Canucks not being able to ship out money just because the, the system is how it is. There's definitely quiet frustration in some teams trying to add players, but don't have the ability to do so and just feel like the system's gummed up. But you can't really voice too much of that frustration if you're GM, because who's your boss? The owner. And if the owner, you know, if, if your boss is okay with the system, even if you have some personal issues with it, you're probably going to keep those relatively quiet. Yeah, I guess you're right. Anyway, uh, it's time for us to bring on DB uh, for You Can Bet That. You Can Bet That with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Welcome to You Can Bet That with David Bastel. Hit up sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all of your gaming needs. Uh, across sports prop. Yes, I would sir. love to know what that is uh, with regards to the Super Bowl 57 coming this weekend and the opening game coin toss. Yeah, let's talk about those cross points. So basically what it is on, on special occasions like the Super Bowl, sometimes the Stanley Cup final, if it if it goes kind of the same time as other sports, maybe Major League Baseball, we cross sports. So we'll go, uh, in this case, we're going to use the NHL, but there are also EPL basketball odds as well. So it compares a prop in the Super Bowl game to something that is happening that has nothing to do with the Super Bowl at all. So, of course, everybody knows the Canadians have a very big tradition of playing on Super Bowl Sunday in the afternoon. They face the Oilers. I know that well. 12.30 Eastern. You probably better than all of us. Exactly. So 12.30 start. Uh, and, and what we're comparing this time around, CJ, is Canadians total goals against the Oilers versus chiefs touchdowns in the game so that could be a passing running whatever it is so if the chiefs score three touchdowns canadians score four canadians win your bet right now at sports interaction the chiefs are actually favorite to score more touchdowns than the canadians goals against the oilers um what's your opinion on this one i love that i haven't heard of that kind of uh prop being up there before i'm i was inclined to go chiefs before you even told me what the odds were i was just thinking <laughs> you know it's, you never know, though. The Canadians, they've they've had a couple good games with, with some of these young guys they've called up. But no Cole Caulfield around. Um, you know, a game that their opponents need to win. I could see them being held to, to two goals or less. And I think the Chiefs are going to 
you know, give us uh, some fireworks come Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles, a game that uh, CJ wants no part of uh, because, uh, you know, <laughs> anyway. Uh, what about um, the other one with the other uh, coin toss ahead of uh, Super Bowl 57? Yeah, coin toss. And it's funny. I threw this out there because, and I'm not joking about this. This is arguably the most popular Super Bowl prop of almost any book, just because it you, you don't even have to care about football. Like it, I don't think I've run across anybody in the face of life that has never had a coin toss where it's like, I'm a heads guy, I'm a tails guy. It's heads <laughs> is always gonna, you know what I mean? So it's always a debate. You get two times your money. And it's also fun because with a lot of uh, bettors that will bet props on the game, you get that first prop out of the way. And sometimes if you if you nail that coin toss, CJ, you're like, I'm on a roll here. Let's get the game going. And then the other side of it is that you lose it. And it's like, OK, I'll make it up here in the first quarter. But it's just a fun prop, a very popular prop and a very simple prop as well. Well, I'll say this. It's true 50-50, right? If you if you walk into a casino, yes. if you walk into a casino, it's hard to get even 50% tilted your way. Now, I realize in sports betting, people feel like they have an edge that they can get above that percentage, but it's going to be heads. You heard it here first. Okay, there you go. Okay. See, everybody has an opinion. Julian, you got to have an opinion I'm on heads. this one. Come I'm on. heads, too. I'm always a heads when it comes to coins. <laughs> uh, so I, too... I'm a heads guy. Uh, and if I'm wrong, well, this never happened. There you go. That's exactly <laughs> it. I'm on board with you guys, by the way. Always. No matter oh, what sport. Wow. Overwhelming you know, yeah. heads. There it is. I know. I know. We'll see. We'll see. We got a 50% chance, just like you said, right? Exactly. <laughs> Don't forget to check out sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all the best odds before game, in-game, and the best props. Again, sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Enjoy the Super Bowl, DB. We'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks, fellas. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health, sustained energy, immune system to be better, support as well for that. It, I just can't stand taking all these different pills and vitamins all the time. And I wanted something that actually tastes pretty good. And AG1 has all of that. In the morning, I could take it before I, I, I eat breakfast. Some people have to take it before they work out making coffee, you literally could just start your day off with AG1 and it can help you feel unstoppable, ready to take on your day, ready to go out, ready just to do something good for your body because you can't just keep putting crap in it all the time. It's not good. It needs vitamins and nutrients to survive. Seriously, seriously. And and thanks to AG1, uh, they're able to provide a whole bunch of different high quality ingredients. In fact, 75 of them actually uh, that give you uh, long-term gut health support, whole bunch of different nutrients that can help you get to that point. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Johnston, athleticgreens.com slash Johnston to get yourself a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Check it out. Siege, did you watch the Steve Dangle podcast yesterday? I did not. Okay. Uh, no guilt. There's obviously a lot of time. Uh, just dropped an episode yesterday. I was watching it uh, before I went off to my ball hockey game yesterday, and I noticed something. So Adam uh, and the rest of the gang, they start talking about uh, the possibility of a live show for you and I, the CJ show in Coburg. 
And he came up with this harebrained scheme, not scheme, but maybe a fun idea that fans can get into. And I want to know your opinion on this. This is Before, blindsiding me. I saw someone in my absolutely. comments. I saw someone in my comments on Twitter or something about Cobra, but I, I was like, I, I couldn't follow where it was coming from. Now you're, you're bringing some clarity to my, my timeline. So before we do the live show in Cobert, what if fans took part in a half K marathon run? They find some area in Coburg. Everybody runs that distance. You Wait get a, a beer at the end. And then you take part in the live show with us. <laughs> Whose idea was this? Adam. Well, so Adam why? and the SDP, they, 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 they were talking about this on the SDP yesterday. I mean, I, I know everyone who's a loyal listener understands I like to run. Why are we making the fans run? That, that, might, make, <laughs> that might be turning like some people off who would otherwise want to go to the show. They're like, wait a minute, I got to do some exercise first. F that. Yeah, but you get a beer at the end. Have you ever heard of the competition called a beer mile? No. There are legit people who are much faster and in better shape than I am who who do an event where they run a mile and then drink a beer and I think you run another mile and, and like, for time like you're doing it intentionally to run very fast to drink the beer quickly and then run very fast um anyway sorry that that's what no came to no mind. please 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 that's fine I, I i had never heard of the beer mile i mean i'm open to it if if you know adam's a boss around here if he's if he thinks this would have any appeal whatsoever then i'm i'm open to it we can also just do a cobra show i mean <laughs> yeah, I, whatever the idea is, is I, I'm in. I mean, obviously, uh, I'll I'll still be planning to run that day, whatever day this is. So, if I could combine it with the work, I mean, I guess that's an efficient use of my time. Uh, on top of that, um, I think they were trying to think of ways to make that day CJ Day in Coburg, and they wanted to know if you oh, knew man. the mayor Lucas Cleveland. I do not know the mayor Lucas Cleveland. He's actually a new mayor. I think in October there was an election. I know the deputy mayor Nicole Beatty. A good friend of mine going way back to high school days and even a bit before, I think. Um, she was a town councilor and then became the deputy mayor. I knew the previous two mayors fairly well, just from it's a small town, basically. Like my dad knew Gil Brock and here, and then the, the last mayor, John Henderson, I met when we had Hockey Day in Canada there, or not hockey, what is hometown hockey with, with yeah, hometown school. hockey, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was actually that was one of the coolest days of my career when that came to Coburg. It was just really neat to see so many familiar faces. I signed autographs, which is something I've not done before or since. Man, the only thing I've ever really autographed is a check. If you know, if I owe you money, that's what the only <laughs> thing I meant prior to that day. That's uh, why they call you Big Money Siege. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that'd be cool. I don't think we need to make it CJ Day. Like I might be a little. I have to draw the line. Like it can't be. Like there's I a think lot you more... should be celebrated, man. You should be celebrated. Why not? Obviously, I wear my my pride for the town of Coburg pretty strong, but there's a lot more accomplished people from Coburg than than I am that deserve a day. But I'd love to bring an event there. I'd love to see some friends. If we're going to do a race or a run, that'd be good. If there's beer, that's even better. Yeah, so... absolutely. So you heard, it's you're funny. Like, I love people. that they just go in their pod and just start throwing out ideas. I haven't I haven't heard any of this. This is all news to me. I just happened to hear that by chance. Like, like my, my, I was just watching on the TV and it got to that point. Like no one tipped me off or anything that that was going to happen. So yeah, right. uh, you heard it here first. Uh, maybe let's make it, uh, let's make it early July. Cause I want to go on vacation at some mm, point once we get to the summertime, nothing's mm, planned. Don't even yeah. have a destination. Don't have dates, but, but probably sooner, you know, 
I like to get away as soon as we can after free agency. Yeah, as long as I get to enjoy a little bit of Calgary Stampede before I get to before the live show, like that's fine by me. And then I can go home actually to Montreal. That's a we can figure that out. We can figure that out. Um, one other thing I kind of wanted to get to today, uh, I did want to acknowledge the fact that she's like we're talking more NBA than anything else on this podcast, but uh, LeBron James setting the all time scoring record and the fact that since he was 18 years old, uh, he has been thrust into the spotlight since not even 18, since just as a high schooler, period, he's been thrust into the spotlight seen as the the next one the 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 next one to kind of take the throne of the nba and not only has he matched those expectations he has just over exceeded them and has turned himself into arguably the greatest player who ever lived i say arguably because i know there are people who are going to say michael jordan and it made me think obviously because we're an nhl show when, you ha- when we have to make that nhl comparison you know who was the last NHLer who had those same expectations only for him to exceed those. And it seems like the consensus answer, like I asked this to a couple of people before I got on the show today is Sidney Crosby, considering the hype that was around him in 2005 and a little before then, and then he gets drafted unless there's another name that we can think of. Sidney Crosby is probably the closest thing we would have in terms of NHL players. Yeah, because the, the the parallel there is that Sidney Crosby was having stories written about him as a teenager. Um, and I don't mean an 18 year old, I mean like 14 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he went, he played at the world juniors when he was 16, which is unusual for a Canadian, uh, was part of the world junior team, that 2005 team that sort of has gone down as the best thing ever, uh, for that tournament. And, you know, so he's he's kind of consistently been involved in all these big moments and been at the center of it all, right? You know, the, the one thing that everyone remembers the end of the 2010 Olympics, which is Sidney Crosby scoring a goal in overtime to to bring Canada gold medal on on home soil. But what they might not remember is how much hype and attention went into that tournament with it with it coming to Canada. There was so much debate. I mean, even more than any other year in the years I've been around. But who should be on the team? Who should be the captains? You know, in that that case, I think Crosby was twenty three. They didn't. He wasn't part of the, like the formal leadership team. And and he, you know, early on in the tournament, he didn't light the world on fire. And so I think he's carried a lot of weight, which is where I think the similarities would be with LeBron. And he's consistently made the teams he's been on better. Um, you know, maybe hasn't had the the individual high marks the same way LeBron has. You know, he's not gonna threaten Wayne Gretzky's points record. I don't know if anyone ever will, to be frank. I mean, it's not, some of that is, some of that is missing a year and a half, give or take cumulative in the middle, in the prime of your career, the way Crosby did. Some of that is just the area he played in is not nearly as offensive, but when all is said and done with three Stanley cups, two Olympic gold medals, you know, the, the two cons mice, he was won the MVP and, and the 2016 world cup of hockey with team K. I mean, basically anywhere he's played, amazing things have happened. And even right now, he's. I, I saw the stat. I wish because we didn't. Re- I think he's on pace right now for his seventeenth year in a row with more than a point per game. I think, and and this was on a broadcast I watched recently, and I, I believe that would be only the second player ever to do that. So I mean, he has consistently been above the curve, and and probably even more than could be hoped. You know, the day that the Penguins won a goofy lottery at the end of a year long lockout. Um, to to win the right to draft Sidney Crosby. I mean, he's changed the whole fortunes of their franchise. And, you know, LeBron is somewhat the same. Obviously, he jumped around, had that, uh, took his talents to South Beach. Uh, the decision, 
brought his talents back to Cleveland, won them a title. I mean, pretty, pretty cool career arc too for him. Uh, but the, he's the most obvious. I, I think McDavid's on path to do it too, though. It's just, it's maybe a little too soon to say, you know, McDavid's missing that, that one big trophy, of course, that, that it, fair or not will define, I think, you know, what his career is. I think he still has a ton of runway left, but to come in the league and lead it in scoring four or seven years or five or seven years, whatever it is, obviously going to do that again this season. I mean, this guy, he's, he's the next, I mean, he's already arrived, but like, he's the next one I would point to. That's, that's quite obvious that even for all the hype that there was about him, he's probably been even better than advertised um, so far in his, his career. Absolutely. Um, I guess the only other thing we can, I know it's a bit of a short one today. I I, I guess we have a bit of time. We can just kind of briefly mention the fact that uh, it does look like Marty Walsh is going to uh, succeed Donald fear as the new NHL PA leader. Any other quick thoughts on that? I know we kind of touched on it last week, but uh, with the fact that it's looking more and more close uh, to that happening, if we have anything extra we want to add to that? Sure. I, I think it's, it's one of these ones. This has a huge impact on the business of hockey. It's a big story inside hockey. There, you know, there's some people that have concerns about Marty Walsh's connection to the Jeremy Jacobs family, you know, from his time, uh, running in municipal politics in Boston, you know, the Jacobs family obviously being an important, um, you know, big part of the scene of what goes on in Boston, but but also Jeremy Jacobs is the head of the NHL Board of Governors and, and widely viewed as probably the most powerful individual owner in the sport. Um, you know, I think that, that there's going to be challenges. I think for anyone that would be thrust to this point where they're about to be executive director, you you would you could find someone who might question their you know, what, what their background is. It's, it's, it's a difficult, difficult job. I think probably more so than we recognize. I mean, first of all, you have what 800 members, give or take, that's, that's the players in the league, any sampling of 800 people, you're not going to find unanimity on, on any single issue. Uh, And, you know, the challenge for Marty Walsh when he officially cedes to this, sends to this job is that he's got to somehow get the players more engaged. You know, that that's, that's no different in the past. I think that that, is a constant challenge um, for whoever's running the union. And then, you know, there's, there's player agents and a lot of people around that, that, that have sway or influence over those players. And, and I think as best you can, as a union, you're trying to get the agents on board and you're trying to keep them on message. And essentially you, you go into collective bargaining with wealthier individuals. That's the team owners. There's only 32 team owners or 32 collections of team owners. Um, and they have a longer time preference in any negotiation, right? That the, the owners are looking at owning teams for 20 or 30 or 40 years as investments. I mean, most NHL players have careers that span five, six, seven years, right? And so it's just, it's harder to get that group of players to, to match up against the owners um, when, when you're collectively bargaining and, and stand strong. So, uh, you know, what I'll say is that Marty Walsh has an impressive background with you know, time in the union, you know, from the time he's 20 years old in the Boston area, he's obviously got heavy political connections after being the mayor of Boston. And then, you know, most recently the U S secretary of labor in Joe Biden's administration. Uh, but he's also got a lot of work ahead and, you know, ultimately we'll judge him on his work. It's hard to, it's hard to predict what's going to happen next, but he's, he's really, he's only got three years until the next CBA is due to expire. And he's got to figure out, first of all, audit in-house what's going on and make changes. He's got to get players on board and then he's got to ultimately plan and lay the seeds for, for the next negotiation. And Hey, you, you talked about it in the first segment. Maybe, maybe they can negotiate some things that, you know, ease the system a little bit that promote more, uh, more financial ability for teams to spend. I just, 
I'm not that optimistic about the NHL owners uh, seeing the need to to go down that pathway. I love it when these shows kind of, you know, they start one way and then they go along and then we end up right back where we started. That was a really good tie into the first segment, Siege. We wandered around the desert and found our way back to the water. And we, oh, I was about to say we stayed hydrated the whole time, but you're right. We did find our way back to the water. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, basketball, or one of the biggest days in sports, Super Bowl 57. Get the action at Sports Interaction. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com SDPN or in Ontario, download the app using the QR code on your screen. 19 and over, please play responsibly. The first guy to average 25, 8, and 6 in NBA history to not make an all-star game. And if I'm Toronto, I want Herb Jones. That's who I want. But yeah. what everything that I hear about New Orleans and how much, I mean, they love Herb Jones so much. And so in my mind... I don't see him. he could get moved. I'm not going to say nothing. Something's impossible because I, I learned that lesson. Um, <laughs> the Objective Basketball Podcast, delivering the NBA to you like no other. Um, stick taps for this week. Uh, should I start or do you want to start? You go first. Um, I will give my stick tap to LeBron James, uh, just becoming the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. Uh, one of the coolest things uh, we've seen this week, probably in 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 terms of sports, like LeBron James transcends his sport. And the fact that we can say that he is the all time leading scorer in his sport. I think that's something that people who appreciate sports period can appreciate, whether you're a hockey fan or you're a football fan or a baseball fan, anything like that. Like, just take a moment and, uh, you know, just say what's up for the king because he did it against the Oklahoma City Thunder. It was a great shot. It was a great play. I watched it live. I I enjoyed it. And I know it's not a hockey thing, but I had to shout that out. So my stick tap this week goes to the LeBron James. It was big enough that even I watched it live because I can't say that. about. <laughs> I mean, other than like a Toronto Raptors game here, there, I'm not, I'm not watching a lot of random NBA games, put it that way. Uh, who's got time? I, I did watch a movie on my flight, actually, but we'll we'll get into that next week. I watched Ooh. a really strange movie, like a completely weird CJ's movie. movie club. <laughs> well, this one's a weird selection, but anyway, I'm anyway, all over the place. Day. I'll stick to have Bo Horvat. Yes. I have a week like Bo Horvat just had, and it was cool to see him after securing the bag, after, you know, getting his first all-star experience, after getting traded from the only team he's ever known, the team he was a captain of, he goes to Long Island and scores the other night, you know, gets a nice ovation from the crowd afterwards or chanting his name. Um, I can't even imagine what that week would be like. You know, I, I don't even know if he's been home yet. Like, is all this stuff just sitting in Vancouver, most likely for the foreseeable future? Um, but, you know, it's like it, it's been a really difficult year there for him with all the rumors, and everything. I think maybe a weight has probably been lifted and, you know, in time he'll get comfortable as an Islander and uh you know can move forward with his career and, and you know look at he's still having a career season 32 goals that was that actually set his his new mark for you know personal best in a year so stick tap him for uh persevering in hard times and he's come out of it in a pretty good spot now absolutely it took him all of two games for him to get the love of new york islanders fans 
that is really awesome to see. Uh, and I'm glad that he is getting a stick tap from us. Uh, and that's going to do it for us as uh, we sign off for the rest of the week. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode. Get your questions in right now, whether on Discord or on Twitter, uh, for Ask CJ, which we will get to on Monday. For CJ, I'm Julian. Thanks so long and peace. The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at Reporter Chris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.